Welcome to Shit Your Teenagers Won't Tell You, a podcast about everything you need to know about teens. I'm Kathy. And I'm Meredith. And we speak teenager. Uh, did we also mention that we're best friends? We've worked as admission officers, prep school administrators, and most importantly, have coached thousands of teens. In other words, we have seen it all. So join us every week as we give you the lowdown on all the shit your teenager isn't telling you. Because trust us, there's a lot of it. And if you don't know what to do with the teenagers in your life, don't worry. We've got your back. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Shit Your Teenagers Won't Tell You. Meredith and I are live in the office today. Live. We're in so color. Cool. Together, forever, and never shall part. Had I known we were Together. recording video, I might have washed my hair. You're fine. Nobody can tell. It gives body. Texture. <laughs> texture. <laughs> texture. Yeah, that's absolutely. what it is. It's texture. So... It's college admissions season and it's essay writing season. And this is the season in which my brain hurts the most because we have to read a lot of essays and provide lots of feedback and help our students do their best work, which is an important and actually most of the time it's fun because we end up talking a lot about values Mm -hmm. and character and what's important to kids. And it made me reflect on this thought that I've had for a while or this belief that I've had for a while that the college process actually is not contrary to popular belief. It's not really measuring smarts or intelligence. It's actually measuring maturity and Mm self-awareness and like Mm self-actualization, right? Much more so than it is about just being able to get really good grades. Right. Because it's usually in certain metrics to gauge maturity. That's right. Thank you. And I I don't think it's, I mean, maybe it's obvious. Is that obvious to people? I don't know. I don't think that's obvious to people. Okay. Because I don't, you know, let's not waste a whole episode on something everybody (laughs) already knows. (laughs) Well, I certainly don't think that's obvious to young people. Yeah. And I don't think it's obvious to parents. No, because the way that the college process is discussed in media, amongst groups of parents, or even in schools, the M word rarely comes up. Mm, mammals. <laughs> we are, we're stupid. <laughs> Meredith is a mammal. <laughs> it's true. I know maturity, right? It's so interesting. We worked in schools. Both of us collectively have worked in schools for over two decades. More collectively, more. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're adding my my decades and your decades. Yeah, your decades and my decades. We're over that's, twenty. That's way over twenty. Well over twenty. Is that right? We're old. We owed. (laughs) Owed. I know. I keep forgetting. But we didn't talk about maturity a lot. Like, we didn't have a lot of parent nights about, like, raising self-aware, mature kids. I mean, you did have some parent nights about that. We didn't. I'll tell you that right now. Oh, yeah. No, I talked about that a lot. In college counseling? I did. Really? I did around essay writing because my adjective exercise. Oh, yes. I love your adjective. If you want to do our adjective exercise, you should come to Meredith. My summer essay workshop. Oh, boy. Put a little pitch in there. Because yeah. we did the adjective exercise. And, and what are all those really adjectives good. about? Maturity. That's right. Exactly. Maybe You're- that's where I got the idea. Maybe I stole it from you. That's fine. <laughs> it's totally fine. Yeah. Well, let's name some of those adjectives okay, really quickly. Okay, so I'm going to give it away a little bit. But yeah, yeah, give it away. That's fine. 
I ask students to think about when we're in this essay writing workshop, I ask students to think about, okay, how many of you know kids in college or just to make up an imaginary student in college? And what are the kinds of personal characteristics or qualities that make for a successful college student. Now, when I say successful college student, I mean in and out of the classroom, right? Mm-hmm. And we're assuming this is a student who is living at that college. So so then they start naming things. Oh, time management skills, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. organized, mm-hmm. Um, disciplined, self-advocacy, empathetic, you know, mm-hmm. because usually they go academic first. Yep. And then I say, well, what about your roommate? What about making friends? What about when you get your first bad grade? What about when you get sick for the first time in college? Yep. What about when you're homesick? What kinds of qualities and characteristics do you need to be in possession of in order to successfully navigate those moments of difficulty and not difficulty? What about when your friends want to like go to a party and you don't want to go because you need to study or they go to a party and they ditch you, right? The real stuff that goes down in college that has nothing to do with what happens between the four walls of a classroom. That's right. That's right. So then they list all these adjectives. And then I ask them, what is one adjective that can sum up all of these? And none of them ever get it. I think once a student, because I used to do this individually with students all the time. Yeah. And one student, like, maturity? (laughs) I was like, that's right, my friend. That's right. Maturity. Maturity. Yeah. And it's interesting because I think we distill the admissions process down to the transcript or the GPA or the test score. It's really easy to do that, right? Like, well, my child has this test score and this GPA, and I get it. Those are objective factors that are very easy to point to, right? It's harder to be like, my kid has X amount of resilience and X amount of, right, very hard to quantify. So we don't talk about it very much. And I think ultimately, when we look at the college admissions process, and when we start looking at the frequently asked questions in the supplemental sections of the application, what you're really seeing is that colleges are trying to get kids to answer questions that are about their awareness of right. themselves and their, their place in the world, who they are, what they think actually matters, right? We used to do this speaker series at Menlo called What Matters to You and Why? And I stole it from USC because USC used to do it too. But I wanted to do it because I wanted the community to f- reflect more on not being so transactional, right? Like I'm doing X because I need to have leadership on my transcript. Like what actually is this driving is so, you? We just recorded an episode around course selection. Yeah. And had some blunt talk about the importance of rigor for highly selective schools. But I love the conversation we're having now because that in of itself isn't enough, right? Because if you think about an application, think about it as the components of an application I describe as distinct pieces of a puzzle or spokes on a wheel. Pick whatever metaphor you want. <laughs> and each of those, right, the transcript, the test scores, the essays, the supplements, the letters of recommendation, they all represent a distinct piece of the puzzle. And ideally, from an admissions officer standpoint, when you're looking at an application, those pieces are complementary mm-hmm. and they form a distinct and interesting picture of right. a student and their journey through high school. But if you divided those pieces into categories, there's the quantitative categories, the stuff we can really easily measure, test scores, Mm -hmm. transcript. Mm -hmm. And then there's the qualitative stuff, the letters of recommendation, the main personal statements, the personal insight questions or school supplements, an interview. These are where students really get to show off maturity or not. And the qualitative pieces of an application are 
the game changers. This is where students have the most control over the messaging yep. and the most power, I think, to influence. Like if I have two students who look exactly the same academically or even one student who's slightly less academically achieved as the other, but man, they just kicked ass on their essays. And it's so obvious and evident to me from their essays, from their letters of recommendation, mm -hmm. that they are self-assured, self-directed, self-motivated, curious, Compassionate, interested, kind, yeah. in diversity, Absolutely. empathetic. I'm admitting that kid every day of the week and twice on Sunday. Yep. Agree. Agree. And I think we don't talk about it enough. And we're preparing kids to take the SAT. Like, we're like, not we. I was like, <laughs> We not should not, not be. Not the I was two like, of us. The two of us should not be preparing. Any children? We, the the royal we, society is the royal we. Yeah, is is saying this is what we can control: the test score, right? So let's prep this as much as humanly yeah, possible. It's easy, it's ooh, easy ooh. to get tutors, and let's make sure that we can take care of this piece. Right? Check, check, check. Now the other piece that is <sighs> largely lacking is the self development piece, which is why I'm so you know. I make a plug for Village. That's why I love Village because right. so much of the coaching that we're doing is really around. It's not about go push for the SAT. It's no. about did you wake yourself up this morning? Do you do your own laundry? Yes. Do you have chores in your house? Yes. It's that stuff. Yes. Yeah. That thing you're doing is really hard and we believe you can do it. Right. Keep trying. You can do hard things. Yeah. Keep doing it. You're right. It is hard. I believe you. It's hard. And you got to keep trying. Why? Right? Because that is the stuff <laughs> of maturity. Right. Exactly. exactly. I actually just had this conversation with a family the other day who is feeling this tension. It's a high achieving mm -hmm. student, high achieving both in academics and athletics. Yeah. And this is a student who I think could grow some capacity around self-directed behavior in part because I want them to be a high functioning adult. Wait, say that, say that for a normal person. <laughs> I'm about to say it for a normal person. Okay. So, don't develop capacity for a self-directed person. Is that what you they say? can like they can take care of themselves. They could do more. They could take on greater responsibility in the home. Yeah. And they can take care of themselves more because their whole yeah. life is being supported by their parents. Laundry's being done for them. Yeah. This child is still being woken up. They are in the latter half of high school. This child is being woken up by their parents every morning. Mm -hmm. Their athletic bag is not like literally from what is being packed to feeding themselves to right. transportation. Everything is being taken care of, taken care of for yeah. them. And I understand the pull and the tension and it's real. I don't want to minimize it because I think the concern that parents have in those moments is that, well, if we don't do this, then they don't have time to take care of themselves. Their grades are going to suffer. Their mm -hmm. athletics mm -hmm. are going to suffer. And guess yep. what, friends? In college, they need to learn how to do that. <laughs> oh, you got serious. You looked at the camera I for did, that one. I did because <laughs> I, I, have, I have little patience. I mean, I should have more patience, but I don't have a lot of patience for that because you're fired up. What are we preparing them for? I like, know. We're preparing them for a world where so now when they go into their first year of college, they have no practice doing their own laundry. They yep. have no practice waking themselves and getting themselves to places on time. They haven't had a call to make any appointments for themselves. I mean, when they're in a university setting, no one at the university is going to talk to you. Like your children are not minors anymore. So they need to learn how to do these things. And guess what? Adulthood requires the balance of priorities. Yep. Yep. So if we're not giving them any opportunities to practice, they will not be mature when they go to college. But Meredith, the stakes are too high, and I, we just can't possibly let our kid 
Yeah, fail. the stakes are really higher when they're a 30-year-old who can't make find, like make their own bed. No, but it's going to be fine once they get to college, though. Once they get to college, they'll figure it all magical out. Magical thinking. <laughs> this is magical thinking. I love playing devil's advocate. But I think that those are the responses that we hear a lot. When totally. We push, when we push on things like that, where we're like, hey, you should really let them do X, Y, Z. We want them to get their sleep. You know, yeah, yeah, my yeah. experience is often parents exaggerate how much time some of these things take. Like waking yourself up in the morning, this takes no time. It's an alarm clock. Doing your own laundry. How long does it take you to do laundry? Oh, I just did it yesterday. <sighs> the actual process of like putting it in the washing machine, oh, oh, oh. putting it in from the washing machine to the dryer, taking it out, and then folding it. It's not it. very long. You know, it takes an hour. Yeah. Yeah. And during that hour, it's doing things. So you could like be doing things while doing laundry. You're closer in the washing machine. Absolutely. Okay. okay. Absolutely. Okay. Well, you know, so I had a mom who did everything for me. And I think that for my mom, that was her way of loving me. Sure. You know, like she didn't know how to say, I'm proud of you. You're working hard. I see that you're doing X, Y, Z. Not that I was. Let's be real. I won't work that hard in high school. But <laughs> I think for my mom, she's not like a, as an immigrant, culturally, it's just in yeah. Chinese culture. Like it's not common to be like, I love you. You're so amazing. And la, la, la. So there's not a lot of that. But my mom is like, but I will do what I can do for you, which is I'll take care of all your needs. Right. So you can focus on the hard work of doing right. well in school. School is your job. That's right. School is exactly. your job. My mom literally said that to me when I oh, asked for a job. Yeah, I, in high school, all the time. I was like, oh, I, you know what would be great? Mom is if I got a job. And she's like, you only have one job and that's to get good grades. Right. That's your job. Right. Right. And there's nothing wrong with that per se. Yeah. I think, but again, we're trying to grow adult humans. So yep. gradually releasing your own sort of role to the child mm-hmm. equals maturity. <clears throat> yeah. And giving your it's kids. Why, it's why Gen Z is getting such a bad rap. <laughs> it is why Gen Z is getting such <laughs> a bad rap. They cannot find their anything. way out of a paper bag. Well, and yeah, seriously, <laughs> like literally not to call my boyfriend out, but I'm going to for a second. He literally will use Google Maps to get him to the grocery store that is less than a mile away from our house because he's like i'm not really sure where it is i'm like bro <laughs> why he's like I, I, but i have maps why would i you know I, I have a map app why would i use it i'm like literally don't understand you at all okay generate anyways we're in from different generations yeah. he's a millennial that's fine uh <laughs> as always we digress <laughs> the point is that I find that, I mean, we could do a whole episode on resilience, right? Kids are not as resilient. Right. They can't solve their own problems. Right. They're not as confident. And we wonder why, right. why isn't my kid motivated? Why won't they do this? Why won't they do that? Well, it's because they don't know how and or they they don't believe that they can. I'm so glad you brought <clears throat> up that question of motivation, which we're going to do another episode about motivation versus discipline. But why isn't my kid motivated? Because they have no incentive to be motivated. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> exactly. Humans respond to needs. Yep. It's a very basic premise in human development, yep. right? We are trying, most of our actions that we take are trying to fulfill some kind of need. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's like- Create why, the need and your kid will get more motivated. Right. It's like, why won't my kid get a job during the summer when they're in college, like between summers? There are some kids who are just really self-motivated and don't need a lot of extrinsic motivators to push them because- are you pointing at yourself? That, right. Like there are kids who are like that. And that yeah. definitely was not me. Right. Yeah. So I get that if you have a kid that you're like, but I have this one kid who we did, did everything for, but she still has a job and she still wants to babysit and go the extra mile. I'm like, well, good for you. 
<laughs> that's amazing, right? And that's great if you have a kid who is kind of made that way. And if you don't, I would say a lot of kids need to fill, you know, like you said, fill a need in their life, right? So if in the summer you want your kid to get a job for college, like if you're going to give them all the money that they need to have a great summer, they're probably not going to be super motivated <laughs> to get a job. If you say- Well, you're creating, you're unwittingly, <laughs> I think a lot of parents unwittingly create a kind of dependence that can be increasingly unhealthy as students mature chronologically in age, right? What is maybe okay for an 11-year-old yep. is not as okay for an 18-year-old is certainly not as okay for a 28-year-old. So right. you, I think the question to ask right. yourself around the support you're giving your child is, am I supporting my child's maturity, their development of maturity, or am I making their life more convenient for them? Those are not the same things. That's right. Not at all. Not even close. And so back to this question around what is the college process really measuring? Like it really does require kids think they can BS it when they do the supplements. They're like, I can just bullshit this. And I'm like, Go and, then ahead. We, and then we tear it up. Yeah. And then we're like, <laughs> like this is bullshit. Start over. Like, you know, like, yeah, exactly. But they can't really bullshit it. So you are doing like, if the college process really matters to you and getting into a highly selective college, like this is your motivation for changing some of your behavior because, mm. um, or helping your kids change some of their behavior. That's a good point. Because colleges ultimately are looking for kids who have really spent some time doing hard things, learning about themselves and finding out, oh, this is who I am and this is what I want to do in the world. Can I modify something you said? Yeah. Colleges are not looking for kids. They're looking for young adults. Yeah, that's true. They're not kids. They're like, looking for young adults. They're looking for young adults. And your own personal parenting philosophy kind of doesn't matter. That is the truth, that yeah. they are looking for young adults who yeah. have taken initiative in their own lives and ha can prove that on an application. And yeah. so if you're listening to us sort of wrestling with the ways in which that might mean making adjustments to your beliefs about parenting, I'm not here to critique anyone's parenting so mm -hmm. much as say, no in advance, this is what they're being asked, asked to yep. demonstrate. And we're good at sussing out who's faking it. Like that's pretty easy to tell, yep. especially in interviews. Absolutely. It's got to be coherent, right? Like again, right. when you're talking about the entire application being right. coherent, if right. the, your teacher is like, well, you know, so-and-so tends to. Takes a lot of prodding. <laughs> Once they do turn it in, it's really excellent work. Yeah. You know, but they have a tendency, right? Like you can see the picture developing in front of you, even if a kid is like, well, I'm going to write all this stuff on my supplement. And you're like, well, that's not what other people are saying about you. <laughs> Honestly, it's the depth of self-reflection. Right. Or not, or lack of yep. on those supplements. And how do we achieve capacity to introspect and self-reflect when we're 15, 16, 17? Usually it's by meeting challenge and having to like figure it out. Yep. So, Absolutely. I, you know, it, it can look a lot of different ways. And I think it's important, like there are moments where your children will need just some of that TLC, some of that parent TLC where you bring them breakfast or you, I'm not trying to, you know, criticize those things, but we want to teach them skills. Yeah. And you want to provide opportunities mm -hmm. for th their growth, right? And that might feel scary for you as a parent because you're not sure your child's going to be A, successful at it, if B, they're ready for it. 
And it might be a little Mm. bit of a leap of faith for everybody. You raise a really good point that I hear a lot because I think you said something like your child might not be ready for that. I talk to a lot of parents who are like, I know what you're saying is the right thing, Meredith. But if we do this, they Mm -hmm. are going to F it up. And so then my usual retort to them, and Kathy, I'd be curious what you would say to that, is like, yeah, growth is not linear. They will absolutely make mistakes. They will absolutely not do a thing the way you would do it. Mm -hmm. They're not going to fold their clothes the way you want them Mm -hmm. to. Maybe they'll do the laundry, but it'll stay in the basket in the Mm -hmm. laundry room. It won't actually like walk its way into their room. Like they're going to do things that probably annoy you because that's Mm -hmm. their learning curve, right? So what would you say to that parent who's like, I've got a busy life. We both work. We've got lots of kids in the house. We can't afford to just let that be a mess, whatever that it is. Well, I have actually had parents say that to me. Mm -hmm. And I never presume to know what's best for your child, right? I'm approaching it from a developmental perspective with this kind of college process as a overarching theme, right? And so what I say to those parents is, you have to do what makes sense for your family and you have to live your values in this moment. And if that's what you value, that's fine. But just know that there might be consequences to that Mm. type of ongoing, right, belief, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right? And that you have to let your kids fail and you have to think back to your own lives and the moments that you failed and how much you grew from those moments, right? If you don't practice failure, you don't get better at failing. Yeah, fail better. Is that, what's that quote? (laughs) That guy. Talks about failing, failing forward, failing, failing forward, something you like fall that. and you go forward. <laughs> something like that. Something like that. But we have to let kids fail. And some of the questions actually are: Tell us about a time you failed, <laughs> right? Like oh, the supplements. They're, leg- they're literally. How did you react to a setback? Yeah, and that's an interesting question. And it's also kind of hard for me. Sometimes I work with students who've really had no setbacks. I mean, no, yeah. no meaningful yeah. setbacks. No meaningful yep. So they're really struggling to answer that kind of question, which is asked in a lot of different ways, but asked frequently. I would say that's not an unusual question to encounter. No, you know, not at all. A moment of difficulty, a setback, mm-hmm. and they, they really are scratching their heads. And what they are coming up with is really surface stuff. And it's, I know that that's yep. as deep as that well goes. And that is the material that they have to work with. And right. I also know that it won't be a particularly compelling piece of writing. That's right. That's right. I'm thinking about a student that I'm working with right now who's very resilient and badass, but also very anxious and stressed, mm. like so many of the kids that we work with, sadly. But one of the reasons I actually think she is so resilient, and I give her parents credit for this, is for not pulling her out of a bad situation. Mm. Um, she was part of an athletic team that was really pretty toxic and some bad things were happening. And I think in those moments, parents tend to want to protect. I know I feel that Mm -hmm. instinct about the kids in my life who aren't my children, but I still feel protective over them. And in those moments, you feel like I got to pull them out of this horrible situation. That's really toxic. It's bad for them. They're coming home upset and crying all the time, but she didn't leave that team. And she's so much more resilient. She's Mm -hmm. a senior now. Mm -hmm. And this happened when she was a freshman. But she's so much more resilient now. Like so much of her identity comes from pulling through that awful situation, right? Like as we're reflecting on her resilience and why she values challenge so much in her life, like one of the things she's identified is, you know, I really value the personal growth that comes from challenge. And 
that experience with her team was defining for her, right? Even though it was total shit. And her parents didn't pull her out of it and save her or rescue her, right? And she had to figure out how to make it work. And now that she's a senior, she can change the culture of the team, right? Right. Like she can look back on that experience and be like, you know what? That was crap. I don't want anybody to feel that way again. And now I have some conviction about what I'm doing. Well, and she has skill when she inevitably encounters suboptimal group dynamics in the future, whether that's in school or or student organizations or work. job. Right. None of us have ever had a toxic work environment, right? Nobody knows what that's like. Not when when we work together. (laughs) Not when, that's true. Not when we work together. But it's just the reality of life. It's life. It's complicated, right? Right. We know that. Everyone, you know, we know that. If you've lived a certain amount of life, you recognize it. Right. It's not always going to be, well, there's what's in our sphere of influence and everyone else outside of that is not in our sphere of influence. We can't control other people's behavior, right? That's right. And what you're really doing is preparing your kids when you don't rescue them in those moments, you are preparing them to be more resilient when they encounter those experiences further down in life. Right. And just anchoring it back to our original prompt, that choice to not rescue, but rather provide a different kind of support. Because I do think support through those moments mm-hmm. as parents is really essential. Your, your children yes, are exactly. figuring things out, but there's a different kind of support that you can provide. That's right. Has a direct, again, we don't want it to sound transactional, but it has a direct, certainly direct benefit on their self-esteem over the long haul, which just so happens to conveniently have good positive impact on a college application. That's right. That's right. <laughs> right. Like, You don't have to just abandon your kids in these really difficult moments. You don't have to just let them flail and flounder and figure it all out, right? Right. You can listen, practice empathy with them, right? Help them. Help them brainstorm. Yes, help them brainstorm. Show them that they can do it. You believe in them, that they can get through it. That's huge for kids. That's huge. If your parents believe in your ability to figure something out, that is huge. Yeah, and I we can't underestimate it because... As coaches, like we see the effect, like when we talk to students and we're like, I know you can figure this out. I believe in you. You're strong. I've seen you be strong in the past. You can do hard things. We know you can do hard things. Constantly reminding kids because they will come to us crying and flailing and upset and wanting to quit. Right. And we have to be that steady shore. Let's throw some more metaphors in here. Why don't we? I was talking to. very heavy handed today. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I like it. I was talking to one of my parents who has not a one of her younger children, not the one that I'm working with, but is really struggling with her mental health and she's throwing tantrums and she's just being really, mm. it's some scary behavior at home that is uncharacteristic for her, right? Mm-hmm. I was listening to her and I could see this mom, she was like getting sucked in to the hurricane. Sure. Like she was like, ah! and I was like, yeah, no, 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 she's a little <laughs> hurricane. I was like, you don't need to be that. Yeah, yeah, don't yeah. get sucked into it, right? Like you've got to be the one. You got to be a safe harbor in the you've storm. Got, exactly, you've got to be the safe harbor in the storm. And she's like, "Wow, that's really helpful to think about, like my behavior, right? Like I can't yeah. get into it with her and just be like, ah, <laughs> you're right, everything is awful. We hate this, you know. No, you're you've got to be the one to be like, yeah, I hear you, and I get how stressed you are or how anxious you feel about this thing, and it's going to be okay." Right? Yeah. It is going to be okay. It doesn't feel okay right now, but it will be. It will work itself out. Yeah. I think one of the biggest roles parents can play is, you know, adolescents are Mm -hmm. wired to have outsized emotional reactions to situations and their cognitive distortions are big. So all or nothing thinking, catastrophic thinking, black Mm -hmm. and white thinking, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I should thinking. Mm Mm-hmm. 
my teacher hates me, sort of that kind of forecasting, really extreme language. And one of the best things that I think parents can do to support their children in those moments is to help their children practice, you're not going to like this, I'll explain it, cognitive diffusion, right? <laughs> I like cognitive diffusion. Yeah, it's great. It's great. Not, not fusing with everything your brain tells you, not believing everything your brain tells you, finding some distance and some mindfulness and some perspective so that you can meet a difficult moment with more calm, more reason. Mm-hmm. And so I will say that practicing that as an adult working with a really stressed or anxious kid is difficult. And so for parents, I think it really underscores the importance of your own self-care routines. So that Ooh, you we got to do an episode on that. Right. So you mm-hmm. have the like gas in the tank to play that role when so much of you is going to be pulled into wanting to fix or wanting to rescue or what just not yep. wanting to see your senior you're watching. I don't know any parent who likes to watch their child suffer. Nope. It's really painful. And so that urge and instinct to like make that stop as fast as possible mm-hmm. is so understandable. Yeah. And potentially damaging over the long run. Right. And when it's about parent resilience as well, right? Like that's, we could do a whole right. episode oh, yeah, around yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And parents, easy. parents are humans too, right? It's like, totally. it's not you're easy not stuff. superhuman. You're not expected to be. And some of you may be more resilient than others. And at the end of the day, <laughs> I also don't want to put this all on parents' shoulders, like you are solely responsible for your child's maturity and development, you're not, right? Actually, I was just reading an article about how little influence parents can have sometimes on how a kid turns out. If you have multiple children, you probably see that. (laughs) You probably see that within your own family. You're like, we parented these kids exactly the same. And why is this one so resilient and this one not? There is a limit to your influence, but there are ways that you can help your kids develop the skills that they need to be independent and successful in life, right? And we started this episode out on this idea of colleges really looking for maturity in the application process. And we kind of went all over the place with it, but that's okay because that's what we do. (laughs) But I think it is so important to keep in mind If you have a child who's going through the process right now, or if you have a child who's approaching the college process, it's just as important as paying attention to things like when I hear from parents, like, does my kid need to do community service? (laughs) Right? Are your eyeballs rolling, Meredith? Mm. You saw my slow blink? Yeah, I saw the slow blink. Yeah. It's just as important to attend to these developmental moments and, and soft skills, right, that kids need to be successful in life as it is to think about, should they level up their piano certificate? (laughs) I can't even say that with a straight face. I'm sorry. I have feelings about piano certificates. Really? I do. Oh, I didn't know. Well, it's, you couldn't tell? No. I mean, I could tell in that moment. I just, I'm surprised. I I feel like I know everything. Well, it's because I'm Chinese and I have a bias against piano certificates as a Chinese immigrant. (laughs) I'm like, okay, piano certificates, fine. Uh, We should do a whole episode about our biases, like a whole episode about our biases when it comes to the admission product, like the things that make us slow blink or roll our eyeballs. drive us crazy. Yeah, there's certain things that you see. That's true. And ours are are the same but different. You think so? Oh, we should totally do that episode. We'll do it next. (laughs) (laughs) Because I have so many biases that I've developed. Yeah, people, are you listening to us? We're always right. Okay? So you should listen to everything we say. (laughs) I literally said that to a student the other day. I was like, 
He's like, but why? And I was like, because I'm just right. Just, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he started laughing. He's like, are you? I was like, on yeah. this one, I am. Yeah, yeah I just totally. am. Yeah, totally. <laughs> You're like, why should I listen to you? You're like, because I'm correct and I know it. I know what uh, I should be doing. <laughs> Do you have any final thoughts? We need to wrap up this episode, I think. Final thoughts. Just look for ways to help grow emotional maturity for your children and know that it's not a perfect process and you're not a perfect person and modeling for your child when you have setbacks and how to recover from them. Yeah. It's all part of the journey, right? And just know that there's actually this really powerful, organic, natural consequence of them becoming more compelling applicants if they've had opportunities to develop their maturity. That's right. And grow. Absolutely. It's just as if you're hyper focused on making sure that their extracurricular resume looks amazing or they have this certain SAT score. You should be more focused on. Yeah, exactly. This is just important, if not more important, folks. So more important, more important. You can gamify the other stuff. You really can. And admission counselors know that. Facts. Facts. Hashtag facts. Hashtag facts. Hashtag mic drop. Hashtag truth. No, don't, don't, throw, it's an expensive mic. Don't tip it over. All right. So we'll see you in an, another episode. Soon More enough. to come. More to come. It's all good stuff. Amazing. Season two. Here we go. Woo.